This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Howie Nestel. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Kian Frith, a business breakthrough expert and the owner of Kian Frith Business Breakthrough. Kian, welcome back to the show. Fantastic to be here. Thank you. I've told him if the fire alarm goes off while he's here, then I'm not inviting him back anymore because that was like a first in like over 200 shows. But good to have you back, man. I'm excited. Thank you so much. We're also going to talk with Ian Bertini, an insurance and risk management expert and the founder of BPI Insurance Agency. Ian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all having me here. Yeah, first timer. Got all dressed. It up. is your shirt contrasts nicely with the white background. I, you know, I thought about that. You did? Did you no, plan I it? Didn't. <laughs> in studio with us today is Howie Nestel, the owner of Sharkmatic Advertising, where he and his team have helped over 1,500 clients grow their marketing influence. Howie, great to see you as always. Mark, you look great in red. And I was looking to see if I contrasted, but... Uh, you do? Yeah, I do. You do nicely. <laughs> and I'm your host, Mark Eminger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside the United States, which is how we run this magnificent podcast day in and day out and why it's so successful. If I do say so myself, uh, thank you. I can say it also because I know people who have podcasts and they're very disorganized because they don't have assistance helping them. Seriously, I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot, there are a lot of moving parts, mm-hmm. not just in scheduling, but then in editing the content and putting it out and sending it to the guests and all that stuff. So a lot to do. I think I have four people that work on the, either the, the distribution of the podcast. And they're all full-time employees. Yeah. Wow. Like That's it. why That's it cool. gets out everywhere. I mean, b- with blogs and YouTube and all the things. Well, and I know you don't like to brag, but that's probably how we got to 15,000 subscribers on YouTube. Almost 17 now. Oh, I yeah. knew it went up since the last <laughs> time I checked. You don't check it every day like I do? <laughs> <laughs> What's up with We that? lost one. Right. All right, a quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you are a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your company featured on the show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. That's 210-879-8804, and we can get you booked on it. Now, I'm not going to go through this whole section on the the mixer that's coming up, but just as a reminder, we do have our first inaugural uh, Let's Talk Business podcast mixer, which is where we bring guests of the show and fans of the show uh, together so that we can it's really good to meet each other and to uh, get to know each other and do some business together and howie i know you're like super excited about this inaugural <laughs> event uh, so what uh, what are your plans how are you preparing for this big event well first and foremost we need to let everybody know that it's going to be on thursday january 25th at 5 30 5 30 to 7 30 And unlike all other business mixers you all may have attended, this one actually provides a lot of very worthwhile content for the people who attend. It's why we have to limit it to 100 people. The other thing we wanted to do is charge $10 to get in, but we're going to donate the proceeds to a very worthwhile cause, an organization called CRIT, Children's Rehabilitation Mm -hmm. Institute, that works with kids with disabilities and their families. And it should be a great evening. And it's our inaugural one, so... We're two months plus away, and we've already sold half the tickets, close to half, right? That's correct. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Now, what, what's the running total? I think we're at 37. 
Okay, but there is a little bit of a competition, isn't there, between Yeah, you I guys? think 35 of those are mine. Well done, Mark. <laughs> yeah. awesome. I mean, they're, they're, fri- awesome. they're friends of mine, but, but, <laughs> but, 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 but Mark's taking actually, credit isn't for Isn't that him. worse? Because they're friends of Howie's, but I'm the one that got him to buy the <laughs> yeah. tickets. Yeah, but this is a, it's, it's a joint venture between it is all, <laughs> It's all good, right? It's all, we're all almost equal on the, uh, right. the, the banner picture there. So it, it, Howie likes to point out how I'm slightly higher. In the- <laughs> that's, that's my design. Yeah, I need to raise. See, my he's yeah. a marketing guy, so he catches that. Right, but but he does look really dapper in that. He suit. does, big time. Mm-hmm. Nice artificial intelligence. Al- almost looking English. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so yeah, that's our inaugural event coming up on January twenty fifth, uh, twenty twenty four, from five thirty seven thirty p.m. And go to satalkradio.com. Get your tickets. Don't wait. Do like be like Kian and go get them immediately, if not sooner. So definitely, got mine. Right. definitely. Oh, you already bought your ticket? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and for right those of you who'd meeting. like to buy the tickets from me, go to howinestell.com, <laughs> and there's a link there. Of is course, there, Mark will take it. There is. There's there a is. link to buy tickets awesome. on howinestell.com. See, that's like a team it. player right there. That's awesome. Yeah. How, it's great. It'll be Kian and Ian. There you go. Kian yep. and Ian. We'll we need to have some sort of introduction coming into we the do, event, yeah, I think. We need to walk in together. It needs to be a bit of fanfare. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to it. Thank you very much, Mark. <laughs> cool. All right. And then uh, just a quick mention, we launched our Let's Talk Business uh, podcast community up on our Facebook group. It's a new thing. Howie, did you get the invite? I sent you an invite on it. I did not, but did I'll it? look. You have to look. All right, cool. I want you in that group so that you can start posting content and educate okay. our folks. I, I do I seriously want to put the Gotcha Covered thing on there. So real quick, why don't you tell us what Gotcha Covered is and when it's going to be. Okay, that's uh, very easy to remember. Gotcha Covered, G-O-T-C-H-A, Covered.org. It's a collection drive benefiting San Antonio's homeless. I've been doing that for now. This will be my 27th year doing it. And in one day, we collect about 65,000 pounds of donations that we give Holy to cow. local nonprofits. And I do this with no board of directors, no 501c3, no bank account. So it's all friends coming together, volunteers, food for the volunteers. We fill up three big box trucks, and then we take them that day to Haven for Hope, Battered Women and Children's Shelter, and the San Antonio Food Bank. So everything that's donated on Sunday, December the 3rd, gets used on Monday morning right here in San Antonio by the people who need it most. Nothing is resold. Nothing is shipped anywhere outside of San Antonio. And, and I saw a video it. that you did on it. And Did you have the mayor? I did, uh, yeah. What, what was the deal there? Yeah, so every year I find the mayor, sometimes a Bear County judge, sometimes the sheriff, sometimes the chief of police, and I'll, I'll find them somewhere along the streets, and I'll say, hey, can you do a quick video? For... <laughs> and we do. We have a professional camera, and then we edit it, and we put it up, and then we tag them. That's cool. That's awesome. Gets, gets the word out. Mm-hmm. Great. And well, they all great. know about it because they've all been there at least once. So it's a, they, they know it's a worthwhile cause. That's awesome. Yeah. So it, for listeners out there, look, if you don't know Howie Nestel and you're in the business community, you need to follow him on his social media platforms, get connected with him. Um, and you know what? You know where he'll be hanging out a little bit more often is in the Facebook group community. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> Providing so, a lot of bonus content, very valuable content. Yep, absolutely. All right. So let's talk a little bit about this uh, business fog of war, as I, I like to call it. So entrepreneurs, we're all moving very, very quickly, and sometimes we're not paying attention to all the moving parts that, that are there. Um, so, Howie, what are your thoughts on, like, um, you know, because this is, I know this is coming up or has come up in conversations that we've had with people, but it's like you got to make decisions. You can't be afraid to make those decisions, right? I, I love the analogy about the horse and the camel and the, you know, the committee thing. Um, but you got to be careful, too, and you have to see things clearly. So what are your thoughts there? So for Kian Nian, the 
the what he was referring to about the horse and the camel, if you haven't heard that, is that the definition of a camel is a horse that's designed by a committee. <laughs> so and the you horses... can watch the clip of that, which I made a clip out of that. Oh, you like did? I told Ooh. you I would. And it's going to be available some coming soon. Okay, so let's so not no, no spoiler alert. But you said about <laughs> then you said about about entrepreneurs and continuously moving and always moving. Mm. And it reminds me of a joke that this woman comes back 20 years after her graduation from Harvard and, and goes to the dean of her school and says, you know, I got to tell you that advice you gave me on graduation night, I used it in my career. And now 20 years later, I'm the CEO of my company. And I really want to thank you for that advice. It was the best advice anybody's ever given me. And the, head, the dean of the school says, I'm so glad it worked out for you. But, you know, it was 20 years ago, and I've had a lot of students since then. I'm sorry, I just don't remember what it, what it is I told you. And she said, oh, yeah, no, it was very simple. I got up on stage, and I'm soaking in, you know, just all the applause, and I'm walking very slowly across the stage. And then you reached out, put the diploma in my left hand, grabbed my right hand, and <laughs> pulled me, and you whispered in my ear, keep moving. So I keep <laughs> moving off stage, but she took it as always keep moving. And that's, I've always remembered that, and so I'm always moving. So I'm always calling, moving, 10,000 texts a month. I have, uh, you know, 12,000 contacts in my personal database. Somebody, I always feel like I'm one person away from the next client, the next deal, the next way of connecting them to a nonprofit, the next thing to a, a philanthropist. We just did a fundraiser, and it was that way. Just happened to connect with a guy who had a family foundation. The cause was right. And next thing you know, it turned into a sizable donation. So, Kian, the, the fog of war analogy part of this is how do you see clearly the good opportunities that are there to make those good connections or make those right decisions? We've got to be out there networking. You've got to be out there meeting people. Um, I mean, aren't there just too many business owners who they are kind of within themselves? Mm. And they're not getting out and they're not just not connecting with people. They're not spending time and... Well, and there are a lot of them that don't, even if you don't naturally like networking or like people, then get into something else. (laughs) It's almost required, (laughs) you know, it's like being a waiter or a waitress and you don't really like people. Do something else Mm -hmm. because you're going to have a heck of a time. So when choosing to figure out who you're going to spend time around, right? Because this is that clarity that I'm trying to get at is that you can go network, but that's not necessarily the group of people you need to be around. Right, because they're not. They may connect you to somebody. There's always good connections. I'm not taking away from that. But if you can actually fit yourself into the right crowds, where you can make these connections, you can get better traction. Ian, what are your thoughts there? So for me, one of the guys I I pay attention to is called Patrick Bet David. Oh yeah, I saw him live here in San Antonio. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's amazing. But one of the things he talks about is the people you want to surround yourself. He divides them into thirds. So you want a third for lack of a better way to say it, a third below you, a third at your level, and a third above you, right? So the third above you obviously is helping pull you up and forward, or maybe ahead of you is a better way to say it. But obviously you want peers around you, that's the third at your level, and then the third behind you, those are the folks you're pulling up behind you. And that gives you the opportunity to really kind of hone your craft um, by teaching, right? And I think that's important. And so I love that mentality and so i try and think about 
who I'm spending my time with in that way. Yeah, you're very, very <laughs> much. I, for the little bit that I know you so far, yeah. you're an educator, right? Yeah. That's something that I, you're that, passionate about. That's my about. passion, absolutely. And that's that helping other people with that hand sure. up kind of a mentality. Well, the peers are important because you need to be able to relate to people that are mm-hmm. going through where absolutely. you're at. And then the next level ones, like Howie here, is uh-huh. you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you what, I'll yeah. be your next level guy yeah. and you be my the guy that makes me feel better. <laughs> no, just kidding. But yeah, let me let me challenge you on this because you know these guys are talking about fog of war in business. By the way, I'd never heard that. Who coined that? Me. Or you did you did. I like that. Uh, hey Samal. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. not taking any glory. <laughs> Leave it to an Air Force guy to coin fog, fog of war. war. Yeah. Actually, it's an you old, guys flew over it. Right? It's a gaming term, actually, yeah. from, oh, uh, World, World from of Warcraft. Warcraft. Yeah, absolutely. Fog of war, baby. <laughs> yeah, All that's right. what I thought of as soon as you said it. <laughs> See, you and I are right here. There man. you go. Yeah. So I'm gonna oppress you a little bit, but okay. So you divide them up into thirds. How do you know how to categorize those? You know, and how do you like? In other words, how much time do you have to spend with somebody? Do you have to get good at being able to read people? One of the things that I'll give you my kind of secret, and it took me you know thirty years to develop it, is that I look to see if they're givers or they're takers. Mm-hmm, for sure. And so, if somebody's a taker, it's not to say that they can't offer me anything, but it's going to take me longer to mine something out of them. Yeah then it's going to be to find somebody who's a giver that asks, hey, what can I do for you? How can I connect with you? Follows you on social media, that kind of stuff. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we all have heard the philosophy givers gain, but it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. And I talk to people all the time that'll come up to me after a a speech or whatever it is. Like, hey, could you mentor me? Is there any way I could? You know, it's they're they're looking to see what they can take. Those are usually the ones that I I put into a separate category. Mm -hmm. Those to me are... uh, not uplifting, and I learned this from Don Dapani, is a, um, a monk that I studied with. He said those people are not uplifting. Then you have people that are neutral. You have to have them in your life. You know, there's the doorman if you live in London or whatever that you know will open the door for you. We don't have them here, but you know. And then there's the people who are uplifting. You know how Mark considers me. You know, so he'll want to spend more time with me. But if he has somebody in his life that maybe is not uplifting. He'll want to take some time from somebody that's not uplifting and give it to somebody that's mm-hmm. uplifting. So how how do you differentiate when you're out networking which bucket you're going to put so them in? So for me, I think it's mostly observational, right? I mean, it, it, I don't think there's a time frame because every person's different in what they're going to give you, what they're going to show you. So I think it's important to to pay attention to the people that you're around. When you are networking, a lot of times it's, it's new people. And so uh, you've got to pay attention to what, how they're interacting with everybody else, mm-hmm. not just you. And so for me, that's what I pay attention to. Okay, I've seen this guy five times, six times. I've maybe been to a class that they've offered. Is this somebody I want to try and you know spend more time with, get to know a little bit better personally, see how they're running their business? Right. On the, the back end of things that you were saying, the, the people that are not uplifting, I used to listen to um, – or was it 1200 a.m. after dark or something like that? They had Art Bell on there, I think. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, I remember that. And so he would talk about all kinds of crazy stuff. But one of the things he would talk about is energy vampires. And so that's always stuck with me. And so Don Dapani talks about that, too. Energy, they exist. Energy they vampires. are out there, man. Yeah, they, they will, suck your energy. I think you can kind of see it in their face pretty quickly. Maybe it, Sometimes. I'm not saying yeah. I'm a face reader, but you can see it kind of quickly on whether they're – are they connecting with you? What are they looking for? No. I don't know. I yeah. kind of pick it up there. What there's about some, you, there's, there's something about um, the way that they're interacting with you, body language, facial expression. You know, um, I mean, I'd be interested in how he's thought here because yep. I think that actually within about 30 seconds of meeting somebody, 
you, you're categorizing them, you know, sure. um, and they've maybe not said a great deal, but you, you picked up on it pretty quick. You know, I yeah. know I, I do. Well, th that also comes with age and experience. So, you know, uh, for those of us who have kids, you may agree with me, you might think I'm a jerk, but <laughs> up until age six, there was really nothing that my kids said that was of any consequence. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> notice he didn't say value, he just but, said consequence. Yeah. But, I like that. Yeah. But I didn't know that when I was a younger parent, because I was like, oh my God, she said this or he said that. And I thought that. But then now, when I'm, now that I have teenagers, you know, it's like I could have just not listened to them for the first six years and I wouldn't have missed anything. So God, if I have a, so if I have a young entrepreneur that's wanting to talk to me about all the stuff he knows or she knows, uh, you know, I could pretty much say yeah. eh, stereotype it a little bit and say, you know what, there's probably nothing that they know three months out of college <laughs> that I need to listen to. Yeah. Oh, that'll save you a lot of time. So, so in that situation then with, with um, new business owners, What's so six years for for a child? What's that equate into a, 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 an entrepreneur? Oh life? yeah, so like dog years. What's yeah, it, what's yeah, in yeah, dog yeah. Years? that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so in, in, in business years, years? how many years are you not going to listen to that person? Uh, or they're going to say nothing of anything of consequence. So you said young entrepreneur. Did it, did, right. So did you mean young in age or young yeah, in yeah, entrepreneurship? No, young to that business. Yeah, yeah, yeah young to that business. Yeah, 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 not necessarily just age. Yeah. If you've been in business for, you know, you started your business after college and you've been in business for six months, even for two years, I think you really need to go through three to five seasons in sure. business to yeah. start to see some patterns. Okay. I would and agree then, with that because like even podcasting, which I think we're pretty good at it here, but we're still learning. We yeah. have not perfected it, and we're two years in. Yeah, and, you know. So three years, who knows? So, right. so you're saying that, um, like in your podcast, it is very different today than it was. Oh back, back in the first couple of months. Mm -hmm. So back in the first few months, um, Howie wasn't listening really because you weren't saying anything <laughs> of any consequence during that period. No, Whereas I think now I was starting to take notice. <laughs> so uh, I was saying a lot of things of consequence, I believe. But having said that, it's it, it there was a maturity you know, yeah. thing happening, you know yeah. what I mean? And we're always learning and, you know, things happen when they happen, but. So yeah, here's, we, here's a Howieism for you. Cause every, every show we have this, this tradition. Now I have to come up with a Howieism. Thanks to Mark coining that phrase. <laughs> so there, here's the Howieism. There is no substitute for experience. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. It's that simple. People Definitely. could read it, study it. Mike Tyson, what does he say? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. You know, yep. good luck. Talk to me five years after you've opened your business. Mm -hmm. And and it's, and it's why you know as a business coach that most businesses, half of them, don't survive past five years. And less than 20% survive past 10 years. years. Yeah. 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 So it's because of that. You think everything's great. The economy's awesome. You started your business and, and you have all the business you can handle. Then you get a 2008 yeah. or back in the day, a 9-11 or even a Y2K, which was much to do about anything, but it still affected people's mindset. Mm -hmm. and, and in business, mindset is reality. You know, if people think things are bad, guess what? They're going to manifest them yeah, into being bad sure. and the whole economy is going to suffer. Yeah. Well, that's the maturity part of it, right? It's like, I mean, I was a cop for a long time and, uh, well, a new patrolman comes out and they don't even know what they're getting into. Yeah, they went through the academy, but you really don't know what mm -hmm. it's Definitely. like to actually apply those skills now. So welcome to the real show. Yeah. All right. So let's get in our first segment. First up on the show is Key and Frith, a business breakthrough expert and the owner of Key and Frith. 
business breakthrough, Ken. Um, it's, I'm excited to have you back. We've got the official. I've coined it, the Kingsman. We'll see where it ends up. Uh, but he's the uh, the Englishman here in San Antonio. So welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So uh, last time you're here, you caused a fire alarm. I'm not really quite sure what that was about, but uh, so um, it's because the Englishman's on fire. That's you know? right. I thought you were hey. blaming it on the hypnotist. No, no, nope, no. Nope. Change. You oh. missed that one. That was a good conversation too. Yeah. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about your your business model. You're you're new to San Antonio area, right? Am, and yeah. you are you've launched a business, um, which we talked a little bit about last time. The hundred thousand dollar challenge in forty five minutes, um, right? Where you mm-hmm. identify some of that. So pick it up where you wanted to pick it up. Um. So in terms of how I'm going to go about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if somebody wants to have a sit down with you, right, what yeah. are they going to expect in this 45 minutes sure, that's going to happen? Sure. So, I mean, I'm offering this up to, to any business, even the, those young businesses where we're not really listening to them for the first three years. <laughs> but but I do, because actually I feel there's a responsibility for some of us who are a bit seasoned and we've been around the park for a bit uh, and we've got some experience we can bring to the table. I want to help those startups even, because I think they, they need the help. They need the guidance from people who've gone through it. Now, within... My 45-minute 100K challenge, and I love this, and I know you're looking really serious at this, but it's fun because I've had people call me out going, I don't believe you can do it. But when you sit down, 45 minutes, the objective is literally to find 100,000 of additional revenue in their business. Now, I use what's called a Jumpstart 12. So there's 12 initial strategies. And within 45 minutes, we'll use maybe three or four of them and just asking some questions and within three or four, I'll find 100000 of additional revenue in any business. Yeah, and we covered a little bit of this before, too. And I know Howie's even asked this question about, like, okay, so you've identified it, but then what, right? Because it's one thing to say, well, like yeah. for me, you can say, well, Mark, you got a huge audience. Start a Facebook group. Okay, see you later. And I'm like, well, I don't. I, sure. I mean, if I don't know how to do what I'm doing. And yeah. you guys actually take this a little bit step further. Yeah, we do. I, and. and I, I wouldn't want to just dangle a carrot and then go, so you, you can go and generate 100,000, you know, that, that'd be irresponsible. And, and the accountant in me is going, now I want you to achieve it, you know? So how are we going to achieve it? Well, we prioritize things. We go, um, it's prioritized based on how many weeks will, will an aspect take? Um, how much additional revenue is that particular strategy going to um, generate? And so we prioritize it. Then once you've got the prioritization, you drill down into an implementation. And then you drill down into the implementation and into bite-sized chunks. You know, you're not expecting them to um, do a massive leap, bite-sized chunks. And then as you keep drilling down, there's just, there's questions. There's, you're teasing things out. You're getting them to think. And as a, as a coach, I'm not going to give them all the answers because they've got to think it through for their business, which is relevant to them. They're the expert in their business. But perhaps if they're a startup, they need a bit more guidance. But they know their business. But I'm going to ask some searching questions. I can be a bit awkward. And it's not a problem with that because actually you want them to think and tease things out. And then it helps the whole implementation plan. Now, as a coach, then what you're doing is you're working with them to deliver. So it's not a case of just dangle a carrot. It's we've dangled the carrot. You like this? OK, let's go make this happen. And so we implement. But the beautiful thing is we found 100,000 from three strategies. You've got another nine strategies to go even on Jumpstart 12. I've then even got a deep dive. This is an ooh moment, and you're still not looking impressed, Mark. But this is awesome because you're, transfor- <laughs> you're transforming businesses. No, it, it is impressive. And it, I think with the impressive part, though, that maybe folks need to connect is the accountant background that you have. 
it's you're a numbers person, right? I'm a so this is person. no joke, right? It's no. like, hey, I'm going to identify this, and then we're going to look at strategies to implementation. But these are real numbers. They're not. This is not fantasy football, no. right? No, no, this is an it's, actual. It's, it's not um, ethereal. It's not just out there. It's uh, and and as a as an accountant, as an ex CFO, ex finance director, having worked in business, having done business turnarounds. And actually driven turnarounds, root branch review stuff, where you've gone through the whole business, um, sales strategy, marketing, um, technology, warehousing, um, you know, finance department, rationalized, found efficiencies. It's all numbers driven. And I think uh, as a coach, I'm maybe a little bit different to other people because I've got the business experience and the numbers experience. And then... Um, yeah, you bring that so to that the table. So that look you saw on my face was uh, was me actually <laughs> understanding the seriousness of what we're talking about because it's not a joke. It's a it's real not. thing. And for business owners that are out there really struggling to find that additional revenue and, and understanding how to get there, yeah. that means a lot. So, I I, I mean, I, I know we've had one conversation and we almost made it there, but we got a little sidetracked and it was my fault. But I, I look forward <laughs> to revisiting that conversation and again. Ken, uh-huh. do you look at yourself as a coach or a player coach? Because, you know, there's some coaches that will get in the get get on the field with you, you know? Sure. I mean, that's a really, really good point. So with some clients, I'm going to be happy just to be a coach. But for some, yeah, I'll be player coach. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here in a jacket now. But literally in the meeting, I'll take the jacket off. I'll undo the cuffs. I'll roll the sleeves up. I'm going to be with you in this. Metaphorically, right? And, and, <laughs> and, uh, no, well, yeah. there's some coaches that will not do that. I mean, but a player coach will get in there, you know, and, and mix it up with you if, if necessary. If necessary. And again, right. it's about um, understanding that client, where that client is on their journey. Um, how much do they need? Uh, and we'll tailor it for sure. Mm-hmm. But the other beautiful thing is that, like, I'm coaching, even player coaching, will then bring in the experts in other fields. So, like, if we need someone who is absolutely awesome in marketing, I'm going to probably have a conversation with Howie. Go, yeah. Howie, and I can there, refer some people. Is there something that <laughs> you can do to help this guy? Right. You know, yeah. but I, I like having a team. Oh know? yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not on my own here, and so I don't want people to think. Oh, so you're just going to come in and and, and you're going to coach us and, and you're going to try and do everything. But like, no, we're going to put a team in place that helps you to see exponential growth and you're going to flourish above and beyond anything you ever yeah. imagined. One, the one thing that this is the first time I hear you say it, even though we've been on a Zoom together, is that you worked on turnarounds and business turnarounds. That, I think, if you had one discipline in business... I would choose that one, Mm. business turnarounds. And I thought I was really good at a bunch of things. By the way, numbers, not one of them. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm the opposite of a numbers guy. And my accountants have always hated that, you know, CPAs. I don't look at numbers. I don't run businesses by numbers. But I understand that the only way to really measure real progress is through numbers. Because you can have increased sales, but if you have the law of diminishing returns and now your profit margin is less and you have no idea, you're spinning your wheels. You're actually doing a disservice to your business by growing it because your expenses are growing at a faster rate than your revenues. Mm -hmm. So, but I will tell you that I bought a video production company, um, 2017-ish, and I kept it, I was going to keep it indefinitely, but I didn't... uh, you know, really get along with my partners at the time. And that's where I came up with uh, the only ship that's guaranteed not to sail is a partnership, at least for me. (laughs) But the one thing that we were able to do was turn the trajectory of that business around, growth sales, new revenue streams. And then the value of the company was much higher than when I first bought it. And then I was able to sell it for more. So it's all about the numbers. It, Mm -hmm. It is totally about the numbers. And actually, we're talking about turnaround. One of my absolute passions is helping those 
um, business owners who are maybe getting kind of like to Mark's age, who are looking for retirement and looking you know, to exit the business. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. Um, but, but they're getting a little bit more. Um, no, they've been in the game for a while, but they've not thought about the exit strategy. Mm. And like, you no, know, back in the UK, I came across it time and time again. Family businesses where they hadn't thought about the exit strategy, they had not thought about what they're going to do. And actually, I would love to work with those kind of business owners because you want to get everything running sweetly, the processes running sweetly, the revenue streams running sweetly. There's good profit margin. Why? Because we can then offer it up for, for sale at a really good valuation. I love that. Where so many business owners are not thinking like that. So we're running out of time in your segment, but I want to get to the, the uh, 2X guarantee. Yeah. So go through that in 90 seconds. Because th- this is another thing that I think would set me apart as a business coach. I'm that confident in what I've done in the past and the tools that I have available to me that I can offer up my services where a client invests in my time per month. But if I don't generate up 2x of their investment in me um, on an annualized revenue basis, then they don't pay for me in that month. So it's, it becomes risk-free. So you invest in me. I deliver as your coach, as your player coach, you pay me. If for some reason it doesn't work out, then you don't pay me that month. There is a little caveat to that. You do have to do what's been asked of you in terms mm-hmm. of the actions um, <laughs> and, and recommendations. And if you go, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to pay your fee, then that's, that's not fair. And, and did you, you pick know, 2X because you assume that people have about a 50% cost of doing business? So that Well, that the, the basis is that I, I think that um, on the investment in me per month, actually 2Xing it, it's fair. I will be aiming for two to three X for right. sure. Um, so, you know, if there's a business out there that wants to really challenge and go, okay, uh, Kim, we'll invest X amount per month. If they want to put five to 10,000 and lay down a challenge that I've got to then bring in two to three times, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So I, I like using three X for this very reason. Now, not my current staff at my ad agency at Sharkmatic, but some of the other companies that I bought, mm-hmm. employees all use that as an opportunity to come and ask me the new boss for more money. And I said, oh, sure, absolutely. How much do you want? They said, well, I don't know. I go, whatever you want, you decide. He goes, well, how about 10000 more a year? Well, great. 10000 more a year? Love it. I write it down. Now, how are you going to help me get $30,000 more in revenue that year so I can pay you? And they said, well, I'm not really sure. Why? What do you mean? I said, well, where, <laughs> where would you like for me to pay you from? Because I'm happy to give you ten grand. Now, you got to help me get thirty grand more because... Mm-hmm. 10 grand's gonna go to overhead, 10 grand's gonna go to the company for profit, and then 10 grand will go with you. So in the next meeting, let's talk about how you can help me grow sales. I love it. Just awesome. putting it right I back in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Kian, so if folks wanna get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, hey, they can reach out to me at kian at kianfrith.com, or they can um, reach out to me on my cell number, 726 229 4868. And that's here in the United States, right? It is here in the United <laughs> States. <laughs> that's Overseas a call, plus, yeah. Plus Business one. breakthrough. By the way, I love that. A breakthrough. Mm-hmm. It is about breakthrough. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank right. you. You bet, buddy. Next up on the show is Ian Bertini, an insurance and risk uh, risk management expert and the founder of BPI Insurance Agency. So, Ian, first timer on the show. Yes, sir. Excited to have you here. Uh, How are you enjoying your last time on the show? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Actually enjoyed the fact that you understand Warcraft and the Fog of War, so yeah. that was kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. A little bit of uh, might uh, be replacing me. <laughs> so uh, you've been in the San Antonio Influence Magazine. What was that about? Um, yeah, so they, there used to be Influence Magazine. Uh, short stint, had a few issues published. 
Um, but uh, I published a series there for them. Um, that was when I was more on the financial services side of the business. But um, the main uh, the main article I wrote for them was called uh, the uh, House of Cards. It was about the fin- building the financial house. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think the the Bible called that the building it on a solid foundation, not sand. Right. Right. I mean, that's the same kind yeah. of a concept, right? Sure. All right, cool. So um, tell me a little bit about your background and how you ended up where you're at now. So totally by accident, my background, um, I've been in insurance now for a little over 17 years, um, but got into it totally by accident. I was an optician with a local company here for eight years, a little over eight years, Um, was ready to do something else, was recently married, had a couple of kids, so, you know, we needed more of a money opportunity. And so started interviewing, was called into uh, into interview with a uh, temp agency. And not for the temp agency, they were just conducting the interviews. And um, went in, they said, hey, look, we're going to interview. We, we can't tell you what company we're interviewing you for. Okay, fine. So did the interview. Okay, we'll let you know. So they call me back a few days later. Hey. We liked what you had to say. Come back in. You're going to interview with the people from the company. So I go in and interview with them. Still can't tell you who it's for, but just know it's a large, like once we tell you, you'll know the name and, you know, it's a large company and Fortune 500. And, um, you know, so went through that interview, called me back in for a third interview. They were like, okay, we want to offer you the job. We can tell you who it's for. It's for nationwide insurance. So that was my first experience in insurance i took the job and you were like what the hell insurance yeah i know but i really i was willing to do anything at that point i I was just looking to get out of what i was doing and um but fell in love with it very very quickly um really took to the information i was being given went through licensing through the training of of the products and um, that's the nice thing about being with some of those big companies. I worked for Parker yeah, the and Gamble right out of college. Mm-hmm. They pay you well. Yeah. They train you well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they paid for the licensing. So that was fantastic. So, but what aspect of insurance did you fall in love with? I mean, cause there's a clear connection there, but what is it? Yeah. So for me, it was the security that it brings people. So when I, when I was, I was one month into insurance, so knew absolutely nothing, had my license. That was about it. Um, my wife and I bought our first house. The day we walked into our house, we walked into water touching every single room in the house. And so that was a moment that it was kind of a, you know, oh my gosh moment, you know? And so um, as I started understanding more about what I was doing, I realized that the coverage that protected us at that time was an optional coverage. So it could have very easily not been on the policy, mm. and we would have not yeah. had the protection there to, to cover us. And so once I started understanding that and realizing how important it was, how I spend my time with the people I'm in front of talking about insurance, it became that much more real for me. And that's where the education piece really came in. So I spent five years as a trainer with, with Nationwide, um, eight years in total, but five years of that was as a trainer and just educating new folks coming in. I just really fell, fell in love with seeing people's faces or hearing their voices on the phone saying, oh, my gosh, nobody's ever mentioned any of this to me. I had no idea. And so that part I still love. I get a, a high from that. Well, <clears throat> I mean, it, it could be 
you could be saving a family from oh, financial disaster. Oh, absolutely. You know, I've heard of people that go bankrupt from after having a house fire or whatever because they didn't have enough coverage and then they don't medical. I mean, there's there's even a term, right? A bankruptcy by medical bills. Yeah. You know, they don't have proper insurance. Yeah. The, the loss that we had, that loss was thousands and thousands of dollars. Like, I, I can't tell you exactly how much. I don't remember. But I mean, we had just spent $10,000 at closing for the house or somewhere 12, maybe. I don't know. Um, so we just had no more money to spend on anything like that, and it just would have been disastrous for us if right. if we didn't have that protection. So I know education is a big part of what you're doing. So Absolutely. how are you going about educating people now? So now my focus is, uh, you know, when I started my agency just under three years ago, I knew I wanted to be in the real estate space. So that's where I spend a lot of my time around realtors and lenders and and title folks and everybody in that space. And so my my focus for the last year and a half has been teaching realtors. Um, I do a class currently, it's called uh, the Realtor's Guide to Home Insurance. And it's really to kind of educate them about the importance of getting their clients to understand how important the insurance piece of this process is. So that's a huge, I've just come to realize that the insurance piece in the real estate purchasing process is we're the redheaded stepchild, and we're the forgotten piece. And yeah, well, I just realtors just want to close a deal. They don't, you know, like, oh, now I got to talk about insurance. No, but you know, it's not, I'm I'm joking. But my sister, who sat right there, is a dietitian, a registered mm-hmm. dietitian, and she said that doctors, yeah, don't know very much about nutrition. They don't. They you know, know nothing. And about so, nutrition. for her twenty something years in her career, she's yeah. tried to educate doctors. Yeah. On the importance of nutrition, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. if you believe that, you know, let thy food be thy medicine, it's yep. like, come on, doc. Absolutely. Really. And I get it. Look, you, everybody's busy. A realtor's busy with all kinds of paperwork and make sure that they cross every T and dot every I that, yeah, but n- then you put it on them, right? And yeah. it's kind of like, now that you know, yeah, they don't have to know it all, right? They, they just don't. have to call Ian. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Yeah, it's having an expert at, you know, on speed dial so they can yeah. get an answer to the question. Now, you know what? Have. This is a good time to talk about this because then people will say like, oh, Ian, the only reason you do that class is so you can get more business, more referral, whatever. So you could say, yeah, so what? Number one, number two. But I really do like educating people mm-hmm. and other people don't do it. And it's a long way around. You know, people, and the reason I say that is because I've been on a hundred nonprofit boards. You know, yeah. Mark was saying about all the nonprofit work I do. But it's like, yeah, but how will you probably do it so that you can make more connections and make more business? I go, I make more connections and do more business because of it. But let me tell you something. That's the long yeah, way around. It is. You know what the easy way is? Just go pitch all day long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd have more business than I do now. Yeah. But you know what? I don't meet the same quality of people, and it wouldn't be the same quality of right. business. Either. And I and I and I don't I don't deposit into my spiritual bank account mm. as I do when I help yeah. a nonprofit raise Absolutely. money. Now, I if I happen to meet a billionaire philanthropist that wants to do some business <laughs> with me, then I'll take it. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. I could very easily buy leads. A lot of agency out there, owners out there, yeah. do that. I've just refused to do that. I bet you that the. Quality of the business, though, probably doesn't have the same shelf life. They don't. That, that, Absolutely, they don't stay with you long because they're, they're shopping price. Yes, right. And where this way, they're shopping a relationship, and now they have somebody who's willing to. Exactly. Educate. It's the same thing with a coach, by the way. I mean, yeah, for it, sure. The more we get into AI and technology and 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 social media and arms length 
transactions. I think the more people value relationships with people Absolutely. they know. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It yeah. too. It's like yeah. even in the virtual staffing where I'm at, there's AI and there's automated this and that yeah. and all of the things. But to have that human on the other side that, that's going to take the time to talk to you and actually yeah. care about what you have to say and yeah. convey information in a good way, that's still of extreme value. Yeah. I think people are seeing that more now than ever. When because they're missing it, I think. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. So give me a quick example as we, we're going to be closing out here in a minute, but yeah. so give me an example of a situation where, I mean, you gave the one with you personally, mm-hmm. but what's another example of where, you know, having the right insurance or understanding that can be a lifesaver? Yeah. So I just had a client that uh, was in a car accident and car was totaled. Young kid. Um, he had just bought this car. It was a Jaguar F-Type. Mm-hmm. Very excited about this car. Um Claim was settled. Good choice, they, by the way. Yeah. Good, good English yeah. spot. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he, um, you know, we were communicating throughout the process, of course, and then he comes back. He says, hey, this is what they sent me for uh, for this settlement. And he goes, it's enough to cover the vehicle. He goes, but I think, you know, I, I think they're leaving a few things out. I said, okay, well, and an insurance claim is is a negotiation on your end. Right, they're never going to go below what what they already offered you. They can't, but they can go higher. And a lot of times they have room. So I said, well, what do you what are you wanting them to include? He had had you know the car had been towed. He'd been paying the the lot fees to have it sitting there, um, the tow service itself, um, uh, all of that had because this was from a third party. It wasn't his carrier that was covering it. So um, I said, okay, well, if, as long as you have receipts, send all of it in. You've got the proof. It, going to be very hard for them to argue with that. So we were able to get him another $3,000 on top of what what he was settled at originally, what they offered originally. So um, that is not every agent's going to tell you that. Not every agent is going to be out there, you know, send me the information. Let me look over it, see what you've got. Um, another real quick example is I had a, you know, I'm, I'm a night owl. I was sitting up at getting ready to go to bed, 1258. I was closing everything down and I get a text on my phone and I just happened to glance down at it, and it's a client saying, hey, I need a tow. So I responded. It was 12.58. I could have very easily not responded, and a lot of people wouldn't have, but I responded to that text. And so those, to me, are those instances where it goes beyond being an insurance agent, beyond being a broker. It's, you know, I, I hate those terms, really. I, I consider myself an advisor, a consultant, mm-hmm. Um because, uh, you know, I'm going to hold your hand through a lot of these processes and I'm going to give you a lot more information than you're probably going to get anywhere else. I cool. love that whole ad- added value that you're putting into yeah. that. That's awesome. And, it, and it's because you love what you do. Absolutely. So I mean, I touch. can tell Kian loves what he does. Yeah. Mark, you love what you do. I mean, not that you didn't love being in the Air Force and didn't love being a police officer. You loved it at the time. But it's not until you get to some comparison points and then you've done other things and yeah. you're like, wow, I yes. really found my calling in business. Most mm. people don't have that. 90% yeah. of people hate what they do for a living. I agree with that. Uh, you know, and 78% of all statistics are bullshit. But I mean, I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I don't know how many, but it's most people don't love what they do. But yeah. you can tell somebody who loves what they do. For sure. You know, yeah. I went to a restaurant one time and we were ordering and my friend asked the, the girl behind the counter, what do you recommend? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know what you like. And so he says to her, do you own this restaurant? She goes, no. And he says, I can tell. Yeah. No kidding. All right. Ian, is, uh, folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, they can call me, text me, 210-317-6162. 
They can check out our website at bpi-agency.com. That's bravopapaindia-agency.com. And we can text you up until 1 a.m. That's right. <laughs> Apparently so. 1258. <laughs> 1258. Yeah. That's the cutoff. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Ian. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. As we wrap up the show, quick reminder, check out our latest podcast to catch video versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for the official segment, but we're going to jump into a little after show for a few minutes to dig in just a little bit more. Uh, so thanks, everybody. Great job on Thank the show. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.